Are the Falcons about to make a quarterback change? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back, guys, to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And if you don't know me, I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman, uh, a.k.a. Sirius Black, a.k.a. Mr. Drew. My friends call me Negative Nancy. You can call me Mr. Drew, right? But you can become one of my friends by becoming an everydayer of this illustrious podcast. And all you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So today we are breaking down the Falcons disappointing week eight loss to the Tennessee Titans. And a big part of our conversation is going to be about are the Falcons on the verge of making quarterback change? Is there a quarterback controversy here in Atlanta with Desmond Ritter being benched at halftime? We'll get more into it. But before we get into that, like we got to talk about the game itself, right? We got to talk beyond the quarterback situation. And if you're sitting here going, why did the Falcons lose? No, it's not because they had terrible quarterback play, right? It was because the Titans just basically went out there and said, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and you can't stop us. And that's what happened. The Titans were like, we're going to run the ball to Derrick Henry X. We're going to let our rookie quarterback, Will Levis with his big arm, hit some explosives Y. And then our defensive line led by Jeffrey Simmons Z is going to take over this football game and completely wreck your offense. And they basically did that, right? Derrick Henry rushed for 101 yards. The Titans racked up 149 yards on the ground total. Derrick Henry's success rate was 64% in this game, 61% on early downs. And for those of you not familiar with success rate, that's very good. That's extremely good. That's great running the football. It's basically with the Titans being able to run the ball consistently on early downs, in the Falcons stacking box, guess what the Titans were able to do? That opened up the deep vertical passing game, and the Titans and Will Levis were able to explore it on 15-plus yard throws in this game. He was 3-for-8 for 141 yards, three touchdowns, right? Hopkins got two of those. One of those should have been an OPI against DeAndre Hopkins for basically bear-hugging A.J. Terrell down the field on a 47-yard touchdown pass in the first quarter. No call. It happens. Again, terrible officiating but it happens in this league if you've watched any football game for the last eight years right then you got richie grant once again biting on a double move right to deandre hopkins 61 yard touchdown in the third quarter and then even jesse bates got that action right nick westbrook akine got him in the fourth quarter on a 33 yard over route Right. And even Jeff Akuda got beat by Traylon Burks on a deep ball down the sideline, but the ball, you know, Burks couldn't get both of his feet inbound. So everybody was getting that work. The secondary that has been the strength of this defense all season long basically failed the Falcons, right? In addition to the front not being able to stop the run. And then the Falcons offensive line got worked primarily by Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, right. Others guys got their, you know, got into that business. But it was mostly Jeffrey Simmons, as we knew, like that dude is different, right? Six tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits, a forced fumble, right? Expect that 90 PFF grade from Je- that elite PFF grade from Jeffrey Simmons because 
He earned it. And so basically Mike Rabel was like, hey, Arthur, I know you're the protege, but I'm still the master. The student hasn't become the master. We're going to do, this is what you want to do. This is basically the offense that we've been talking about all year long. Let's run the ball. Let's hit some deep balls, get explosive, all that stuff. Let our defensive line kick some butt in the trenches. That's basically what we were hoping to see. And Tennessee was like, this is how you do it, Atlanta. This is how you do it. And the Falcons were like, yes, sir. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Right? So, you know, but beyond getting outfalconed in this game, right? That's secondary in this game. We got to talk about the quarterback. Because at halftime, Desmond Ritter was being evaluated for a concussion. So Taylor Heineke went into the game to start the second half. Ritter was cleared after a series. And Heineke stayed in the game for the remainder of the second half. So we sit here and go, what does that mean? Now, Arthur Smith, after the game, said, hey, it's not performance-based. Right. I stuck with Heineke because I always go conservative when it comes to these things. And frankly, that checks out because you go back to last week. Bijan's dealing with migraine, a headache, whatever he's dealing with. And he gets 11 snaps. That was very conservative decision. Ticked off all of, you know, fantasy t- Twitter and fantasy football folks. Uh, you know, so it, it checks out that, yeah, Arthur Smith tends to be kind of conservative with some of these things. Now, you know, it wasn't just those guys that got went down. Drake London went down with a groin injury. Um, Grady Jarrett went down with a knee injury and the Grady Jarrett one is probably the one that seems the most severe because he was in street clothes after the first quarter. So that's the thing that we got to be concerned about moving forward, but we'll hopefully get some positive updates from that, uh, as the week goes. But, you know, once Heineke came to the game, the offense seemed to get their act together, right? 20 of the 23 points they scored came in the second half with Tyler Heineke at the helm. 89 total yards in the first half, two of eight on third downs, five first downs in the first half with Desmond Ritter in the game, 253 total yards in the second half, only two of seven on third downs, 12 first downs in the second half. <clears throat> so the offense, excuse me, was moving, right? And part of that was you were actually able to get to your ground game going in the second half. Now, here, guys, I know you guys have been complaining about this for weeks, and I've been like, yeah, it's, it's not that big. This is the week where I'm going to be like, why weren't we running the football early in the game, right? Four out of your first 13 plays were designed runs to the running backs. You average over four yards a pop on those plays. You had a 50% success rate, but why are you only running the ball on a third of your snaps, right? Now, you know, I'm sure Arthur Smith is like, well, we needed to, we needed to do whatever, right? And so... That to me is a concern. And the other thing that was a big concern was the specialties. The field position was atrocious today. Your special teams was all Mar- Marquise Williams. Like, you got to get out. I-, I need Keith Armstrong to step in this door. Like, y'all aren't good enough to be a holes, right? We need Keith Smith to light a fire under these dudes because you had seven full possessions, seven possessions in the first half. That's how bad offense was. This team's trading back. Basically, Tennessee was either three and out or scoring quickly, and the Falcons weren't doing nothing. You had seven full possessions in the first half. You started at your own 15, your seven, your seven, your 13, and your 12. You had five out of your seven possessions starting inside your 20 because Mike Hughes decided, hey, I'm going to field every punt inside the five. Keith Smith out here fielding kickoffs that are about to go out of bounds inside the 10, right? It's just awful. It's just awful performance all around for the Falcons. So that's why, like, I sit here and I go, like, it's easy to look at the results of the second half and say, look. The offense worked with Taylor Heineke. That's the only variable that changed, but, you know, running the football was a key variable. And the field position was a key variable. 
So when we sit here and we go like the results, we just look focused at the results of the offense. We got to also look at the process, guys. And that's what I mean, where it's like, you know, those other factors, you just it's not just purely, hey, this quarterback's bad. This quarterback's good. That's why the offense worked. So that being said, I don't expect the Falcons to make a quarterback switch, but who knows, right? Because later in the episode, we're going to talk about, hey, I don't think the Falcons are going to make a trade at trade down. But guess what we found out? The Falcons are looking to make a trade at the trade down. We'll get more in that as we continue, but we'll get more into the quarterback situation and sort of what a potential switch to Taylor Heineke means for this Arthur Smith regime. Is this the end of the Arthur Smith regime if they make this type of switch? Because I think it's that important decision that this team has to make moving forward. So we'll get into that, guys, as we continue today's Locked On Falcons. So guys, our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for your daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed fit for your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked for this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. And he has a very familiar friend of ours is Drake London right? Who's very quiet in, in week eight, in part due to a groin injury he suffered late in the game. And he didn't have the production against the Titan secondary that we thought he would have five catches, 55 yards, but he should get back on track. Assuming that groin injury checks out against a very vulnerable Viking secondary next week in week nine. And you also have a potential quarterback change, which we're going to talk about more on this podcast, but Vinny's got you covered potentially and that may be a boost that Drake London needs to be a more effective downfield threat for the Falcons. So we could see Drake London get some high volume in the very near future. So now that Vinny has helped us get one step closer to winning our championships in fantasy football, eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And the same is true with your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly, whether it's brake kits, taillights, headlights, roof rack, bumpers, you know, cup holders, whatever your baby needs, eBay motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, guys, you're burning rubber, not cash, baby. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guarantee Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So um, I was talking about the this to the Lockdown Falcons. There was, there was a moment. The Lockdown Falcons insiders know this. And if you want to become a Lockdown Falcons insider, get access to the extended all 22 reviews, get that one-on-one -on -one communications during the game. You, you get the more emotional Aaron for the three hours during the game. And I was riding emotions a little bit at the beginning of the fourth quarter after, uh, you know, Kadero Hodge, my boy, uh, got that 52-yard play to set up Bijan's first rushing touchdown of the season. And the Falcons cut the lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter to 21-16. I was, I was feeling it a little bit with the Heineke Hive. I was like, what is this feeling I'm feeling? Is this, is this what... Being part of the Heineke Hive is feeling because I was feeling a little good because I was I was not feeling great for the first three quarters of this game. It was an awful feeling, as I'm sure many of you guys can share. And then right after that, after the D got a stop, the Falcons went three and out, and I was like, oh okay, okay. With the Heineke Hive, that that the, the Heineke High, you came back down to earth at the, after that point. But you know, obviously the question is going to be: Do the Falcons make the switch? To Taylor Heineke, do they do they ride that high to the hive moving forward, right? And you know there are reasons potentially to make that switch, right? Now I don't think Ritter did anything egregious in this game. I, I know he had the fumble again. Jeffrey Simmons, shout out to you doing your thing, right? But I don't think 
that that in in his first half performance was a benchable offense, right? This was this was a middle of the road first half for Desmond Ritter, based off of the eight first halves that we've seen from him this season. This is like you know middle of the road. This is a typical Desmond Ritter first half, right? So to me, if you're benching Desmond Ritter based off of what he did in the first half, if the Falcons so choose to do that, and again remind you that Arthur Smith did not say that he didn't say any. he was non-committal. He was like, I'm conservative, right? So it sounds like he's, you know, he's he he basically has a two-way go, right? You know, he's out here, you know, crossing dudes up like Wimby and all that stuff, you know, like Trey Young, you know, whatever. You know, check out Locked on Hawks. <laughs> you know, he, he's got a two-way go, right? Um, where he could go either direction. But I don't think this was a benchable performance from Desmond Ritter, right? But if he does decide to move forward with, with Taylor Heineke as the Falcons starting quarterback, I think that's it for Desmond Ritter, right? Like, this is not a situation where you're just going to juggle the quarterbacks week to week and be like, well, we'll give Taylor Heineke a start and then we'll figure it out. You know, like, no, that's this is a we're done with Desmond Ritter. We're all in on Taylor Heineke for the rest of the season. And that's why I don't think he's going to do that yet. But if he does, if he does, if he does, we never know what's going on in Arthur Smith's head. Right. You know, that mustache is making all the decisions. Right. Let's take it over his brain. But. I'll get it if he does roll with Taylor Heineke, right? Just like I got it last year when he stuck with Marcus Mariota for all that time, even though that wouldn't have been the move that I would have made, but I got it because you thought, hey, that's the best chance you have to win. I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. And that's that. And so that's basically the situation here. If you decide that this is the week where you want to turn from Desmond Ritter to Taylor Heineke because you think Taylor Heineke gives you the best chance, whether I agree with that is inconsequential. Whether you agree with it, it's inconsequential. That's Arthur Smith's prerogative. He's the head coach. He's the one that's got to live with the consequences of that decision. And the potential consequences is you're basically swapping out all the issues that you have with Desmond Ritter, basically all the issues that everybody's had with Taylor Heineke, right? He's a turnover-prone quarterback. We look at his turnover-worthy play rate over the last two seasons combined in Washington is the same as what Desmond Ritter's turnover-worthy play rate is this year, Right? And what's happened the last couple of seasons with Taylor Heineke in the lineup for Washington, whether it was to injuries with Ryan Fitzpatrick or injuries to some Kyle Allen or Carson Wentz is like, he'll give you that adrenaline shot for like three, four games or whatever. And then at a certain point, the defenses adjust and they go like, yeah, we're not going to Taylor. Heineke, like, yeah, we can stop that. Now, if you're the Atlanta Falcons defense, then you, you can't stop Taylor Heineke. But Outside of that, right, the Dean Pease led Atlanta Falcons defense, you know, everybody else was making those adjustments and shutting down Taylor Heineke at that point. And, you know, that adrenaline started to wear off and you started to have that crash, that Heineke crash is basically what happened. And so, you know, I think this is the problem that you're going to have with your Arthur Smith. If you move off of Desmond Ritter, for me, at least, and again, I can't speak for everybody else out there. For me, that's kind of it for me with the Arthur Smith regime right now i know we talked about being engaged with desmond ritter and we don't have to marry desmond ritter and it's not because like you have to be firmly committed to desmond ritter but like it's it's one of those things where like to me there's no real upside to starting taylor heineke because even even in a world if we if we play the game right taylor heineke gives you that adrenaline shot and he gives you an extended adrenaline shot right this this isn't your normal adrenaline it's it's you know i don't know epinephrine norepinephrine i ain't a doctor i don't know what it, it is right? And he's just more than what he has been. And he gets this team to the postseason. He wins seven out of the next nine games or whatever it is and gets this team to the postseason. At the end of the day, Taylor Heinke is still a bridge quarterback. 
right? And unless you're going to hold out hope that Taylor Heineke is basically going to make a Kurt Warner-esque turn at this point in the future. Now, if you think that, man, you do you. I ain't, I ain't going to hold my breath. But if, if that's what you want to sit there and go and hold your breath for, be my guest. But I don't think you're going into 2024, even in this scenario, this very hypothetical scenario where Taylor Heineke leads his team to the postseason. You're going into 2024 feeling like, hey, Taylor Heineke is our guy. We're going to hitch our wagon to Taylor Heineke. You're going to be right back in the quarterback market because you're going to be having even more conversations than you had this past offseason about, I can't believe the Falcons, they don't want to win because they don't, they're going with Desmond, right? Like, you're not going to seriously be like, yep, we're rolling with Taylor Heineke, right? It's the same conversation. You're right back where you were. And this is the problem. This is where I'm saying I'm out because I'm like, you're now, you've gone through Matt Ryan. You've gone through Marcus Mariota, you've gone through Desmond Ritter, and now you're potentially going through Taylor Heineke, and it's like, we're going to give you another quarterback to go through? We're going to go to the fifth quarterback in four years with this regime and feel like, yep, this new, this fifth guy, Plan E, right? Plan E is going to finally work out because Plan A didn't work, Plan B didn't work, Plan C didn't work, and you know maybe Plan D works. Again, if, if you believe in Taylor Heineke, by all means, ride the high. But you're going to sit him like, yep, Plan E is definitely going to work. Because that's what I mean when I say, like, I'm kind of out on the regime. I'm just like, okay, like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep getting these checks. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to keep doing the podcast. I know some of you guys are like, dang it, we almost got him out of here. We almost got Aaron out the paint. He was going to give up the podcast because they rolled with Taylor Heineken. No, like, no, I'm going to keep getting these checks, guys. But I'm going to sit here and tell you, like, it's going to be hard for me to do the sell job that I was doing for the last nine months here on this podcast. Telling, oh, well, you know. We're going to get a washed Kirk Cousins, a washed Russell Wilson, a washed Ryan Tannehill. We're going to get Josh Dobbs or, you know, Kyler Murray or Jacoby Brissett. And, you know, this plan E is going to work this time because those guys offer so much more than what we have seen to date from these previous quarters. Oh, but no, no, we're not going to get a veteran. We're going to we're going to trade it all for Caleb Williams and, 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 and Drake May. And because Des, even though Arthur Smith couldn't get Desmond Ritter to play competently, but we'll believe that, hey, you just give him the right young quarterback and all of our problems go. We're not going to be complaining about not running the football. We're not going to be complaining about spacing. We're not going to be complaining about getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers. We're not going to be complaining about this offensive line anymore, right? It's all going to go away once we get that young quarterback, right? Guys, I, I can't sell you on that if, you, if you're not getting the drift. Do you have any confidence that, oh, it's, it's just going to all work out once, you know, because it, it didn't work out with the previous four quarterbacks, but it's now going to work out on QB5, right? We're going to sit here and tell ourselves, oh, well, this Desmond Ritter sucks. He just sucks. And we just give Des Arthur Smith his fifth quarterback in four years, and it's going to be totally different this time. It's going to be totally different with this the next 36-year-old quarterback after it wasn't with Matt Ryan. It's going to be totally different with the next athletic quarterback that wasn't Marcus Mariota. It's going to be totally different. Again, you get what I'm saying. So that's why I sit here and I go like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to sell you like, hey, Taylor Heineken going to do it. It's not like I'm not going to sit here and, you know, again, I might catch the high occasionally. Cause he'll be dealing in, in these games. Like, oh, okay. Taylor Heineke's cooking. Hey, you know, what, what else am I going to do? I'm going to sit here and sulk watching for on three hours for Sunday. Uh, you know, I'm gonna try to make the most out of it, but it's going to be hard for me to be enthusiastically rooting for Taylor Heineke. Should Arthur Smith decide to make that decision? I sit here and I go, 
I think you kind of have to write it out with Desmond Ritter and hope it works out in your favor. That if you can have confidence that by the end of the season, Desmond Ritter can be this day two talent and turn into a competent starter that can get this team over the hump and into the postseason, then you can go and tell yourself, oh, well, yeah, we were able to turn a third round talent into a halfway decent starter. Guess what he can do now with Drake May? Guess what he can do now with Caleb Williams, this legit top five talent? Then you can sit there and sell me that it could be different this time. So I sit here and I go like, you made your bed with Desmond Ritter. You kind of have to lie in it. You got to kind of make this work, don't you? Right? I feel like that's the only way forward, but I'm sure many of you guys disagree. So we'll talk about the way forward for this team in the upcoming weeks. Kirk Cousins is down. So is it a rebound game for the Falcons or, you know, we're going to do this thing that we do every day. Hey, every time you get excited and optimistic about the Falcons, they let you down. I was hoping it would be different this time, but you know, but more importantly, let's talk about the thing that can distract us from this quarterback controversy, which is maybe the Falcons get that edge rusher that everybody's been clamoring for, for weeks, if not months, potentially we'll talk about that to wrap up today's locked on Falcons. So good, bad in between. It's tough. It's very tough to root for your team, especially if they're the Atlanta Falcons on an empty stomach. You don't want to be watching the Falcons hangry. So make sure you check out DoorDash guys, because when the Falcons win, you can go out there and order food to celebrate. Or when the Falcons lose, you can order food as that sort of pick me up, right? I like ordering wings on DoorDash. You can go out there and get yourself a donut. If you were in Nashville, try $5 bakery. If you're in Atlanta, Try Five Daughters Bakery all on DoorDash. Find your faves. Get 50% off up to $10 when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more. I can buy you some chicken wings and some donuts on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, don't forget to use that code LOCKED23, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more subject to change, terms apply. So the immediate future after the Falcons figure out who, who the quarterback situation is, they got to get ready for Minnesota. Now they got to, you know, unfortunate for Kirk Cousins, he tore his Achilles today. So presumably they're going to get another rookie and hopefully they'll do better against Jaron Hall, who presumably is the next man up for the Vikings than they did against Will Levis today. Right. I think Nick Mullins is their true backup quarterback, but he's on IR for at least another week. I don't think he's eligible to return until week 10. So the week after we play the Vikings, or I think their practice squad quarterback is Sean Mannion, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see what's going on with the Vikings. You're down their starting quarterback. They're down Justin Jefferson, very winnable game for the Falcons at home. So hopefully the Falcons rebound, whoever the Falcons quarterback is. Basically, there's no excuses to not beat this version of the Vikings, but hey, Falcons going to Falcon. So we'll see how that goes. But more importantly, in the short term, as we get geared up for that next matchup against the Vikings, there's things to distract us, right? And that may be a trade before the trade deadline on Tuesday, right? We talked about the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons can make any big splashes. Well, guess what? Pro football talk said Sunday morning, Aaron, you don't know what you're talking about because uh, Falcons are the team that offered. Right? There, there's been a couple of days where people say someone's one team is offered from Montez Sweat. Well, pro football talk is reporting. That's the Falcons, that one team. They offered a third round pick reportedly for Montez Sweat, the Washington commander's edge rusher. Now, Washington 
hasn't decided what to do. They played another close game, close loss to Philadelphia. Do they feel like at three and five, they're still in the hunt? I mean, they're one game out of the seven seed right now. The Vikings, if the playoffs started tomorrow, would be the seven seed. The Saints, or, you know, the next team down, they stink at me, Ross Jackson, right? So I sit here and I go, you know, and, and I'm, I'm sure Ross is thinking, well, the Falcons think too. Yes, and yes, Ross, after today, I would agree with you. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come back, right? <laughs> but, you know, like, so you sit there and you go, is Washington going to do this for a third round pick? I don't know, right? Now, as I've said all along, I didn't expect the, the Falcons to make a splash, but if they did make a splash for that Eddie Rusher, I would be happy, and I would be happy if the Falcons do find a way to land Montez Sweat. He's a good fit in the scheme. He has the length. He has the size that Ryan Nielsen wants on the edge, and he's a pretty good pass rusher, right? He's not elite, but he's got long he's, – he's a power guy, right? He can be that bull rusher, and that's the type of guys that Ryan Nielsen typically is attracted to, right? And the fact that the Falcons only offered a third-round pick for him – means potentially potentially and again this was one of the reasons why i did not think a trade was going to happen because i didn't think the falcons wanted to fork up a lot of money but the fact that they're only offering a third means that potentially they're not going to be held over a barrel when it comes to leverage when it comes to negotiating a long-term contract with montez sweat right because it goes back to what we talked about last year right and this summer and why it was like i don't think they're going to make a move because you look at last year dolphins gave up a first round pick for bradley chubb and then basically were compelled to pay him $22 million a year, which is way too much money for Bradley Chubb, right? See how how great that is. As, as Devon A. Chain, how, how great Bradley Chubb is. But anyway, I, I don't know why I'm taking shots at the Broncos. Oh, Sean Payton, that's why I'm taking shots at the Broncos. But anyway, sorry, Bradley Chubb, you didn't, you're catching my Sean Payton's race. Um, but it, with, the, with the third round pick, you know, I don't think the Falcons are going to be forced to have to give Montez Sweat whatever they want right? They can slow play it a little bit, right? They can only offer him $16 million or $17 million, right? And they can say, well, you know, if you don't want the $16 million, we'll, we'll franchise tag you. And then, then we'll see, or we'll transition tag you or whatever. Again, that's what the third round pick does, right? And so we'll see if this trade happens. We'll see, right? So that is potentially something we'll, we'll talk about. The thing that you need to watch out for is the report Monday morning or Tuesday morning, that the Falcons restructure Grady Jarrett's contract because that's what they need to do. They have about less than $7 million in cap space to absorb Montez Sweat's last year of his contract. He is a free agent after this season. I think they need to have $11 million in cap space, so they don't have the space for that. But Grady Jarrett, I believe, it's either 5 or $10 million. I don't remember off the top of my head. But basically, a simple restructure of Grady Jarrett's contract would free up at least another 5 if not another $10 million. And if they do do that on Monday or Tuesday, that's going to tell you the trade is in or, you know, of course, the way that these things get reported is basically they'll report the trade is going to happen, and then you'll hear that the Falcons are restructuring Grady Jarrett's contract in order to make it work, you know, so that the league will clear it and all that stuff. So that's the thing to keep an eye on. If we if we get news, trade is imminent, basically, that needs to happen in order for that trade to happen. So we'll keep an eye on that. Tomorrow we'll be joined by Corey Woodruff, who is in attendance in Nashville. I'm sure Corey's enjoying himself a, a, a donut right now to eat away the pain. Um, and he'll, Corey Woodruff of, of The Falcoholic will join us on tomorrow's episode to break down his thoughts on this game. And of course, the, the quarterback decision. I know Corey has been a uh, vocal, you know, Ritter defender, I guess, if you want to want to say that and being patient with Ritter. But we'll see if, if, if Corey's sort of changed his mind 
uh, in the last 24 hours. And we'll get into that on tomorrow's episode. And of course, we'll keep you locked here on the Locked On Falcons podcast. Make sure uh, you stay tuned here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On NFL for your second listen, right? Get the lowdown on all the weekend's action. Uh, again, that's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 